There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey everyone, before we get into today's pod, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive a personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll be able to help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is, you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you for just the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com join. Check out the description box for this episode to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com slash join. Trying to get by Benning. Darnell Nurse left it in the corner, gets up center. Perry, scoops! Corey Perry! Well, able to shake away from Solani. It's given away to Solani around in front. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Forever Mighty Podcast. It's Patrick, Jason, and Eddie tonight. Uh, weird timing, but uh, screw it. It's the holiday between the holidays, what I like to say, because no one does anything during this go. week, dude. It's perfect right? because it's after a five-point game from Trevor Zegras. That too. I mean, a lot of people are saying he's the best guy in the tournament. I, I think that they're probably right. And I'm, I'm not even trying to be biased about that, but that's... He's insane. That kid is absolutely tearing it up right now. Yeah, he, he's a blast to watch. You know, even even if he doesn't score or get a uh, assist on anything, it's just fun to watch what he's thinking about and how he's doing things. And he just he's even when he receives a pass, he's almost passing it before he gets it again. Like he's already thinking a couple of steps ahead, and that's always fun to watch. I mean, we might as well just start with that because it's the freshest thing in everybody's mind. <laughs> yeah, we should we uh, should talk about he, this. I, in my opinion, he is the best player at the tournament. I, I don't. Uh, and you're wait, can we? For the folks at home, you're yeah. Canadian, right? Now, I, I, I was going to... And what, what team does Trevor Zegers play for? Say. I get it. Okay, so he yeah, means so he's American. A nice silver medal Mark. and everything okay. said and done, and that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Now, I was going to say, like, if Kirby Doc was at this tournament, there it would be close. Because... I mean, he yeah, was. He got hurt. You saw, did you see that picture of his wrist? It was bad. It was bad. Yes. I, I threw it He's in out four to five months now. Um, but yeah. seriously, if he was here, I think it would be close. But right now, like, nobody... Nobody is at the same level as Zegris is in terms of how important he is to his team. Yeah, if, if he wasn't there, the U.S. would still be a great team. But a four-point night, the other night against Austria, two goals, two assists. Uh, he had a goal against Russia, two goals, three assists. Could have been you know a hat-trick, if not seven or eight points tonight uh, against uh, the Czech Republic. He is literally the number one guy for... Team USA at this tournament, pretty much everybody. I mean, like, just the stuff he does. It's not even like he's picking up garbage points and, you know, he's picking up a bunch of secondary assists and he's scoring ugly goals. Like, three of his goals were snipes. Two of them today were one-timers after he set up the play for both of them. And his assists are nice, too. Like, his assist to Caulfield was a, you know, what would have been a two-line pass back in the day, Right from his own blue line, yeah. a home run pass to Caulfield, who could win in on a breakaway and scored. Like he is just like last year, where he put up nine assists, and they were all pretty much beautiful plays. He's doing it in style again. Yeah, yeah, and they were talking a lot too about more of the Caulfield and things like that. And they thought he was going to kind of be the the stud because that was kind of the guy from last year a little bit, and a lot of the other ones. But then just slowly but surely. It's amazing. Once you start scoring goals, then that's who they kind of focus on a little bit more. They focus a little bit on Zegers and all his nine assists in the last tournament. Uh, but once you start putting the puck in the net, then they care a little bit more. And they were even saying that, you know, he's, he's like you said, Ed, they kind of, he's taken over the team. And that's kind of, it runs all through him. The, any power play, he's on the top line where he started on the fourth line last year. So it's, uh, it's absolutely fun to watch. That Saturday night game, I believe against Austria, yeah. right? Yeah, where he goes in to go short side high, and the goalie misses, gets the puck back, circles back around, uh, and he does that little hip pivot at the top of the circle, throws the defender, and then he just roofs it. It was like it seemed like it happened within a matter of like twenty seconds or so, but that was the prettiest yeah. one I thought. And then he tried to—he was so cocky he didn't even celebrate it. Just goes <laughs> against the glass like it was nothing. But that was an absolute snipe. I mean, the guy. I mean, everyone here is so excited, right, in, in, in Southern California to get him in a duck sweater and all to see what he could do. Um, but, I mean, as much as we're excited about it, we can't overlook the fact that it is the World Juniors and not the NHL. But, damn, this kid is scary good, at least at least at this level. Hopefully that translates over to the NHL level, which I'm sure it will. Um, it just hopefully to the capacity of what yeah, we're seeing he's, here. He's not short yeah. on confidence. You talk about that goal where you, the one you're talking about, where he kind of lobbed it over the Austrian goaltender's shoulder. He tried that move 30 seconds earlier, saw the opening, missed it, had the confidence to get the puck back in the same spot and not miss this time and do it again. Like he pulled the exact same move out. He tried 30 seconds earlier because he knew that he was leaving that side open. And went back and did it again. His his uh, I, I, the other goal he had in that game was a, another snipe too. Wired the puck past the, the netminder, picked up two assists. I mean, like we said last tournament, he showed what we knew he was—a great playmaker, an exceptional passer. And uh, he comes in a year later, and this is the type of year where if you're going to be one of the best players, not just at this tournament, but best young players in hockey, you have to dominate. And he's done that. I mean, he scored five goals. He's leading the entire tournament in goals. And this is a guy that was criticized for not shooting the puck enough. Well, he's doing it now, and he's putting it in the back of the net. There's, 
there's really not much you can fault. And, and the big thing for me, too, is he looks bigger. He looks stronger. Last year, he was a wiry, you know, 170-pound kid. He's probably still around 175, 180 pounds. He just looks like a bigger player, a more complete player than he was last year. Yeah, he's he's almost too good for the tournament. Like, he's he's kind of at that level where, all right, you know, he's a ringer now. Let's, let's, let's move him on and get some, you know, other talent. He's, he's good enough to go to your AHLs or even your NHLs. Do you, even, do you think he could crack the Ducks lineup this early on? He can get a chance. I mean, he has to at this point. Um, yeah. Now, he'll be at training camp, albeit, you know, uh, a few days late because he's at the World Juniors, and I think he still has to quarantine for seven days, so I'm not even gonna, really sure when he's going to be able to show up. Same goes for Jamie Drysdale. But I, I would at least think, I think the nine-game tryout has now been reduced to a six-game trial uh, with the new mm. He's definitely going to get every single one of those games. Yeah, he'll have a chance to prove himself. And like we just said, he's not short on confidence. He's going to come in there flying and I wouldn't be surprised to see him in a roster spot the way he's playing. Like it's, I know we're biased and we're Ducks fans, but there's a lot of people out there saying that not only is he the best player at this tournament, he's top five prospect in the entire NHL at this point. And we're talking about Lafreniere. People say he can jump into the NHL in the Rangers lineup and score sixty points in a full season, or you know, forty in a in a shortened season. I don't see why Zegers couldn't other than just not being able to adapt to the size and, and speed of the NHL game. But the way he plays, you you feel like it, it won't matter. You know, he, he should be able to to jump in and, and contribute immediately. The only negative thing I heard about him so far <laughs> is, uh, I forget what the name of the commentator was. He said he reminded him of a young Thomas Pukanik. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, what? Yeah, that's far from. Uh, uh, how so? Like how so? Did he elaborate, or he just that's what he reminded him of? Yeah, I guess like the the way he was playing, or his just I think it was at that new that guy Starman was his last name. Is it him that said it? I'm trying to remember who said he reminds him of a, of a young Thomas Buchanan. But I'm like, I don't know, man. Like Thomas Buchanan doesn't really strike me as uh, somebody who's dazzling to watch and is a highlight reel. I mean, it's just a completely different player in my opinion. That's a hot take from Starman. If, if anything, I mean, he looks like the player he's trying to idolize in Patrick Kane. Like, I, I know it's not a like-for-like like comparison, but you look at the way he dominates the game create, creatively, his skill set, the fact that, you know, he's now shooting the puck more and he has a great shot. He's not obviously a like-for-like like comparison to Patrick Kane, but I think it's pretty close in terms of the way he's been able to take over a game not just with his playmaking ability, but with his goal-scoring ability. Now, does that mean he's going to jump into the NHL and put up a point per game right off the bat? No. Patrick Kane was a completely different animal coming out of junior than, than Trevor Zegras is. But, you know, whether it's at left wing or center, Dave asked that, that question in the chat where he plays. I, I think it's likely on the wing if he does make mm -hmm. the NHL roster this year. He'll make an impact. We've already seen that he, he has the confidence to do so. So... You know, I, I think he at least gets that six-game tryout, and and then the rest is up to him at that point. If he plays it, you know, if he plays as well as we think he can, he'll give the the Ducks coaching staff no choice but to leave him on the roster at that point. Yeah, it's the RB kind of like a comtois thing where kind of good, kind of not, and then kind of had to bury it a little bit or send it back to his junior team, right? Don't damper my hopes. <laughs> Don't put me <laughs> down. I'm expecting him to come He's in and be exceptional. 
<laughs> he just had a five-point so, game. Let me revel in it for a little bit. All right. Yeah, let the Canadian you know, be yeah, stoked right, for the yeah. Americans for once. Keep right? professing yeah, your love for America. I got I it. I will. As long as it's Travis Zegers, <laughs> I will. Jimmy and I were already talking that we we're going to uh, we're going to kidnap you and your family and move you guys to California. You'd be happier in America anyway. Would I? Yeah, so that's yeah. A, well, we decided for you, oh, so okay. of course it's, it's, so it's it makes sense. I mean, yeah. you're sitting right behind me as it is. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even Sorry. have to be here today. <laughs> yeah, we should all just, just show up like that. that. Just play a recording yeah. of an old show. <laughs> Nobody would well, know. Who would know? I want, I want that picture of Eddie with the line through his mouth, and then we just make it move like the uh, South Park Canadians do. So every time he talks, it has to move up and down, like Terrence and Philip. Yeah. Right. Yeah, play it one of my old rants from another show, and nobody will know the difference. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, all right, we got to finish wrap up the World Juniors here. I don't want to say wrap up like nobody else is doing well, but the way Trevor Segris is playing, it kind of overshadows the rest of the Ducks prospects here. Uh, Colangelo, Lacombe, and Thron have been pretty good. I think Thron's probably been the best of the three. His pass on mm-hmm. Trevor Segris's goal was the reason that Segris was able to score that goal. He's faked the shot and, and found him wide open for the slap shot. So he's been pretty good. He's playing a little bit of a reduced role. Uh, Lacombe missed out on the um, the Austria game, uh, and then he came back in as the seventh defenseman today, so he hasn't been playing too much, and Colangelo's been playing a bottom six role, but I mean, he's looked pretty good. None of these guys are we, I don't think we expect any of those guys to kind of jump out off the page like Trevor Zegras did and, and kind of wow people, but they're the role players on Team USA, and I think they've been doing their job well. Colangelo reminds me a little bit of when Max Jones played for Team USA at the World Juniors, where you know he wasn't relied upon offensively to get things done. He was the physical kind of forechecking, hard pressing uh, player for their team. So that's kind of the role Colangelo has filled throughout this tournament. Um, Drysdale and Team Canada are playing right now, and, and I think from what we've seen from Drysdale, I'm not sure if you guys have, have seen any of the Team Canada games. I know you're avoiding watching anything <laughs> Team Canada lately, but uh, Drysdale's been kind of more of a, a two-way presence for Team Canada. I mean, he has that ability, but it's been more, you know, Bowen Byram and others who have who've taken on the offensive role. So I hope, I hope if uh, Canada goes far, which they probably will, that uh, Drysdale turns it on a couple games and, and we can kind of start talking about him a little bit. And then uh, Sunsvik is the last one. Uh, with Sweden missing a bunch of their players, he jumped in and played first line center for uh, Sweden in their in their last game, and was playing between Alexander Holtz and Lucas Raymond, which is not a, not a spot I expected him to play in. But he scored in that yeah. game, I think, on the power play, which is another spot I didn't expect him to be playing on. But you look at the teams that are kind of decimated by COVID right now; it kind of makes sense. So it's been a pretty good showing for for Ducks prospects. But obviously, you know, talk of the tournament right now is is Trevor Zegers. Yeah, and then uh, doesn't Sweden and uh, the U.S. play? We have the next game, I think, on Thursday. Thursday. Big test for Zegers. That'll be huge because if if America wins, that'll be the first team that's beaten Sweden in the prelims since Kennedy was president. Yeah, Thirteen. They had that stat years or something. Like that. Fifty-four games in a row for Team Sweden. Games. Yeah, they've won in the prelims. That's insane. That is, is insane. I think the next highest was Canada. For over it was like twenty games. Between 08 and, and 2012 or something, and and then that ended. <laughs> 54 games in a row over 13 years of, of tournament play that they have not lost a game in the round robin, but I think they've only won like one or two gold medals across that span. Yeah. 
Yeah, I can't make it. Canada, you know. <laughs> the one thing I want to mention before we move on from the World Juniors, Elite Prospects tweeted out where uh, Trevor Zegras is in the all-time points per game totals. He's in the top 10 now with 2.375 points per game across his entire career in the World Juniors. He has five goals and 14 uh, assists for 19 points in eight games <laughs> at the World Juniors. The one thing I want to mention is the 1991, 92, and 93 Team Sweden must have been unreal. I don't know if they won the gold medal every year, but Peter Forsberg and Marcus Naslin were on that team. Mm, Peter Forsberg had 42 points. points in 14 games. He was yeah. scoring <laughs> at three points per game across a three-year span and also had 38 <laughs> penalty minutes as well. <laughs> of course. And Marcus Naslin had 34 points and 21 goals in 14 games and 45 penalty minutes. Like What an <sighs> unreal team. Those guys were playing together, clearly. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and just absolutely dominated. And then last point on Zegras, too. He's tied Doug Waite's total for the most uh, points by an American in Will Jr.'s history. So if he picks up any, one more point in any fashion, uh, he'll be at 20, which beats Doug Waite. So, I mean, I, f- yeah. I fully expect Zegras to, to finish this tournament with at least, a, you know, another five or six points if they if they move past the uh, the first knockout round. So good good company for him to be in there. I think Yager's in there too. Uh Wainer's in there with Wayne Gretzky. Um oh. <laughs> It's meant like Wayne. They call him in Canada. Yeah, Wainer. Wayne I feel I am definitely not the only person who's called Wayne Gretzky Wainer. I think I would have called him Gretz. Yeah, Gretz I mean, is one. Just great one. Yeah. Maybe have a little bit more respect than calling him Wainer. Wainer? Nah, you can call him Wainer. <laughs> Disrespectful. <laughs> I knew right when I said it that that was going to be an issue. <laughs> I, I knew it was going to be an issue. You can't do that around us. It's got to. What is it? What do you prefer? If you had to, if you say, if it's Gretzky, are you saying Gretz? You're saying Gretz. Gretz. Yeah. Okay. All right. Fair enough. It's always a last name thing, isn't it? Dave said rain shits. <laughs> oh, Ranishitz, Ranishitz. the uh, Austrian goalie. Oh, that's the Austrian goalie. Okay. Yeah, Ranish. They kept Damn, saying it. And Dave I was at my house that. laughing every time that he made a save, and he would like try not to laugh and try to look at keys <laughs> not twenty two, but every single time. <laughs> All right. Uh, and there was like seventy shots. So. Oh yeah, what the U.S. finished that game with like yeah seventy plus shots or something. Mm-hmm. It's been a pretty bad tournament for that. Some some pretty big blowouts <laughs> in terms of sixty plus to like sixteen shots for in a, in a few of these games. So happens um let's move on to the ducks release their well i guess everybody but the ducks released their 2020 2021 schedule i still don't know why it's called the 2020 21 season it's just happening yeah, in 2021 <laughs> we'll uh, initial that. thoughts before we break into it for a yeah. few minutes a thumbs up or thumbs down on how this kind of panned out what the, the season Overall? no like no one likes it we're, we're gonna play and we're happy about it but like the way the scheduling is I mean, it, I think when we, I remember we talked, I don't know if it was Patreon or one of our last shows here, we talked about kind of best case scenarios for the schedule and it would be kind of like a Major League Baseball type scenario. I think that's kind of what we ended up with here, right? It, pretty much it's, you, you face a team two or three times per per little two-game, three-game stretch there. I think I said there's 12 two-game series on the road and 14 two-game series at home. So it's a, not quite as many games in a row as MLB is, but pretty much the same. I know that they have a five-game stretch against L.A. later on in the season, and that has a distinctly MLB feel to it. But 
I mean, I think this is that the best I'm they can do. really excited for, actually. This sucks that it's all the way at the end of the season. Yeah, I mean, but yeah. at that point, that, you might be able to have I'm fans, though. Excited. Like, that, I think that's what they're hoping for. Uh, it's not happening, man. Not in California, but yeah. <laughs> Our governor just said we're on lockdown indefinitely, I think is what it is. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I think the hope, though, of having those four games that late is that maybe, just maybe, or five games, sorry, that you could do that. Uh, imagine five straight games over a kind of two-week span, all all five of them outdoors at uh, at the LA, LA Galaxy uh, Stadium. That would be unreal. <laughs> how cool would it be, and it's not going to happen, if the Ducks and Kings were vying for a playoff spot yeah. and they had to play five games? That would be maybe the nastiest hockey we've seen as Ducks fans in a long time. Well, even if you consider them being like towards the bottom of the division, uh, but not necessarily maybe in the cellar, and then you got five straight games against a team, and then you can kind of climb up, especially if one of those teams is pretty bad. Yeah, I don't. I mean, that's gonna have a playoff feel for me. I feel like you do five of those games, and especially if someone gets injured or something like that, or yeah, like Pat said, the stakes are a little bit higher than who's playing for last. Uh, then I can see that being just so much fun to watch. Can't do it in person, but just to even watch. And yeah. at any we'll have to get together for those games. Oh, yeah. yeah, games, <laughs> games three, four, and. Uh... Three, four, and five are going to be unreal. Like, and, and they're yeah. just going to get chippier as they go. Um, Hope so. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, Trevor Zegers is still playing at that point. <laughs> See a little bit of that rivalry come out. Um, so they open with two games in Vegas: Thursday, January fourteenth, and Saturday, January sixteenth. So two games on the road. They got eight back to backs across the entire season, which honestly isn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Um, then we already mentioned the five straight games against LA from April 20th to May 1st and the 12 two game series on the road and the 14 two game series at home. Not a bad schedule. We already, we already discussed on the last show, uh, the kind of reworked a division. So we're playing Minnesota a few times, St. Louis a few times, uh, Colorado, San Jose, of course, uh, Arizona, I think is also in there. Right. So it's, uh, I mean, listen, it's the best they could do. I, I think you'll end up turning out pretty good in terms of you know the competition. The first few games are going to be a little bit rough, but once you start playing this team for like the fifth or sixth time of the season, I think that's when you're going to get into some of these chippy games, especially because you you know like you you guys already said you're seeing these guys so often, and these points mean a lot because you're really only competing with the guys in your division. You're not playing anybody outside your division. You're going to start hating these guys after you know the fourth mm-hmm. or fifth game. Yeah. I hope so, man. I miss that sort of. I don't want it to go like full old time hockey because that's some dangerous shit. <laughs> but I don't want it to be so much of like where there's no passion, where they don't care if somebody gets hit or the stakes. You know, if, if, even if the stakes aren't high, like you're just sick of seeing that guy's face in the face off circle every <laughs> single night. Like I want it to be in between. Don't we don't need bench clearing brawls? Although I wouldn't object. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But I just want to see some nastiness in this season. I think that this is a real opportunity. Remember when it was at uh, NBC did rivalry night and they had just garbage on? This could make a lot of sense. This could make a lot of sense yeah. if they use that for these games. Yeah, for sure. Uh, before we get into the rest of the NHL stuff, let's head into our first break. 2020 has already reshaped how we work, and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to ComScore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. 
Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria. And you can contact them the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. We've we got a lot of announcements over the last couple weeks, I guess, for the NHL season with the start date being January 13th. Obviously, like we just said, the Ducks don't actually play until January 14th. Trade deadlines on April 12th, which will be a little bit of getting used to. We're normally used to having that near the end of February. Uh, end of the regular season is May 8th. Expansion draft, which is another wrinkle in, into the fold this year, is happening on July 21st. The draft two days later on July 23rd and 24th, and the free agency on July 28th. What a week that's going to be. Expansion draft, NHL entry draft, and free agency all within a week. When is the draft? What day? July 23rd and 24th. And where is it going to be at? Do you know? I don't know if they announced yet. It might. They might not be announcing anything because it could be a virtual draft again. It's likely, it's likely what it's going to be. I can't imagine they're they're going to have it in in person if the entire season can't have fans. I mean, they'll, they might decide that at a later date, but I would imagine it's a they better draft. I want to go. <laughs> Same with the expansion we'll, draft. We'll let them know. That. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're going to have to do a full separate show uh, on the expansion draft at some point. Uh, but I think in such a shortened season where, you know, there's only 56 games, so you know one game matters a lot more than it does across an entire 82-game season, we're going to see a lot of trades, I think, at that trade deadline before April 12th for teams. Hope so. That's going to be yeah, fun. Teams prepping for. Remember we covered it last year or the year before? It was the year before, and I was like. Yeah, it was nuts. <laughs> but it wasn't. That, it, was, it was a lot of moves, but it wasn't, like, big names, right? It wasn't anything crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like there hasn't been a lot of craziness in a few seasons. There's already been a few trades. I think Ottawa made a few moves, bringing in some veterans and stuff. I don't think that had anything to do with expansion draft. They bailed Tampa Bay out again. Did you guys see that? They, I think they, they took on some salary from Tampa Bay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah somehow they got Mary Gabrick in Tampa now, right? Yeah, he's, light he's, it not, up. he's not actually playing, I don't think. No, he's but, not. No, it's just a <laughs> You know what? The funny thing is, if he went there in that roster, he'd probably play well. He probably would. Yeah. I mean, because the Senators took Braden Coburn and Cedric Paquette. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And Coburn was just the salary dump that Tampa needed. And they're going to have Kucherov on the LTIR for the entire season. He'll be back for playoffs. He'll just come like out of his Stamkos. coffin to playoffs. Just like Stamkos last year. He'll come in. He'll score. <laughs> play that he'll, yeah, play one shift. He'll <laughs> score a goal. And, <laughs> and then they'll win the Stanley Cup anyway. Hands on the cup. <laughs> It'll be Stamkos' year this year for missing all of last year. Like, come on. In that division. Hey, we got a big pucks and brews on Thursday, New Year's Eve. There's a lot of NHL we talk we got to talk about, yeah. and that's when Eddie's going to get hammered on shots. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Pink Whitney shots. Um, yeah, yeah. If they have any, I'm worried that because we're in lockdown now, that the LCBO is going to get absolutely raided over the next couple of days, and I'm not going to be able to get anything. When this show's over, you go down there right now and go yes, get. Yes, be a good Canadian, and you go get some Pink Whitney. Yes. Well, man, tomorrow's going to be nuts. <laughs> oh God. 
I might go tonight. Just go go first thing in the morning or tonight, man, and get some booze for Thursday. If you don't have booze on New Year's Eve. I have some here. I just don't have Pink Whitney. That's the thing. Like, I, I have um, Bacardi, so I have booze, but I don't have Pink Whitney. But we had agreed on Pink Whitney, so. Bacardi Raz. I, <laughs> I actually hate you. Smear it off. All right, I'm moving on because. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Ducks released their training camp roster today. Literally, I think it was about a couple hours ago now, uh, which was nice because we got to actually see a little bit of a full roster. I think people were going off their team roster on the website, which was what we usually do. Um, But they released it out there. Zegris is on there. Larson, who wasn't listed on the team website, is is listed on the training camp roster. Uh, Jacob Perot, Braden Tracy, a couple guys. You know, those two haven't been able to play a game all year because the OHL and the WHL have been postponed indefinitely because of COVID. So it would be nice to see them get some action at training camp. Uh, The regulars, you know, Milano, Steele, Getzlaff, I almost said Perry, but Heinen. Uh, you know, everybody that we're used to seeing, a few of the AHL guys, Paul Urolski, uh, Letary, you know, a few guys that aren't going to make the team. Um, so they've got, I think it was 39 skaters, not including Zegris and Drysdale, it's 37. You're only allowed 36 skaters and an unlimited amount of goalies, and nobody has been able to ex- find the explanation for what's going on. So whether that means the Ducks are making a trade or somebody is getting bumped off the training camp roster at some point, I don't know. But we at least have a, a better idea of how this roster is going to shape out. I mean, you can look at that that um, training camp roster and kind of tell who's definitely not going to make the team. But I still think there's about 28 or 29 names in the mix this year, and you can only have a 23-man roster. Yeah, That's going to be weird looking at the – I mean, any of the training camp updates are going to be strange because they're all going to be coming from the team. Right? There's no reporters, no fans allowed. Yeah. So something that's bummed me out. The last year, last year for whatever reason, the Ducks closed training camp for the public. No idea why. And then this year for obvious reasons. So it was always fun. Jay and I had been to some. I used to go. I would like skip out of work to go to these things in the middle of the morning and take like a. I'd have a doctor's appointment and go to training camp for like two and a half, three hours and watch. It's kind of a bummer. It's going to be interesting to see how this information kind of trickles out about how these guys are performing. Um, but uh, do you guys have any guys you would say that are fringe? for most that you think are going to make the team? Yeah, I, I mean, if, if you look at it, you know, Sonny Milano, I think, makes it. Henrik, I think we all – he's a lock. Getzlaff's a lock. Uh, Sam Steele, Carter Rowney probably should. Silverberg will. Derek Grant will. I, I think when you look at the borderline guys who will probably get sent down to the AHL or be part of that taxi squad are – Guys like Andrew Agazzino, Sam Carrick, uh, Vinny Letary, maybe Isaac Linderstrom, Benoit Olivier-Grew, uh, Antoine Moran, Chase DeLeo. Jack Do you think Heinen makes the squad? I think he does. I, you know, All the names we listed are, I think, below on the depth chart than him. Like Antoine Moran's an AHL guy. Braden Tracy, whenever the WHL comes back, will go there. Uh, same with Jacob Perot, we'll go back to the OHL. Uh, Andrew Potyorowski will be AHL as well as Jack Kapaka. Like, there's a lot of guys on this list who will be AHL or Taxi Squad. Where, you know, I think when it breaks down, two of the Ducks are going to have about 15 forwards to choose from, uh, with a couple fringe guys on there on defense. It, it's kind of the same thing where they'll have about eight or nine guys. Like, you know, Gooley will be a kind of a fringe guy. Fowler, Shattenkirk, you know, Lindholm, Manson are, are locks. 
Hackenpah's a fringe. I think Juice is a fringe. Larson's a fringe. Drysdale won't likely make the team. He'll be back in the OHL. Curran's a fringe. Walensky's a fringe. Mahura's a fringe. Benoit will be either, you know, AHL or, or taxi squad. So, you know, I think you can kind of pick off some of the obvious guys. But they're, they're going to have to make some decisions. And we already talked about Zegras a lot today, but he's going to, you know, kind of make it difficult for them as well, depending on how he plays and how he does at training camp. A lot of those fringe players may also be part of that whole taxi system that they're trying to do this year, too. So a lot of those guys that maybe not make the team right out may still be kicking around with the team for maybe a chance with uh, how condensed this uh, season is, too. Let's talk about that right now. <laughs> Let's talk about what the taxi squad is, because we're going to be saying it here and then not get to it till later in the show. So I think <laughs> if people are watching or listening and they don't know what the hell that is... Um, in my opinion, in short order, it's a way for for owners to get their best players from the AHL, keep them away from that team, away from any sort of COVID-related activity. If it were to happen on the AHL squad, they don't get to practice, don't get to play. They basically sit around and practice with an AHL team but don't play yeah. uh, unless there's an injury or an illness. You you need it. That's crazy. I think, it's, I think it can be done, but I understand why they need it because if there's an – like let's say there's an outbreak in San Diego – and then three guys get injured for the Ducks. Well, the Ducks no longer can ice a full roster, and you can't call anybody up from San Diego because there's a COVID outbreak. It makes then, sense, but it sucks. Yeah, it, it sucks like, for those guys who are on that practice squad where, you know, some of these guys might only play 10 games at all in the NHL this year, and they're going to be on that taxi squad all year. You know, they can't play. They just have to practice all year. And, you know, it depends on who's on that roster. Doesn't the NFL have a normal they, a practice squad? That's it. They just have guys that are on the practice squad to get paid. To, I think so. And they're there in case. That's just kind of how it works. There's no like minor league for the NFL. I know that. But these guys are just. But they get paid a lot more than these dudes do for sure. <laughs> but yeah, uh, but, but most of those those minor league guys uh, that would normally be playing the AHL, that's usually there for their development. So it's a little bit hard to want to pull those guys off, and the guys that are maybe older in age have to go through waivers, and that means they can get picked off too. Uh, and the other thing is it's only four to six and one of them has to be a goalie. So that's essentially three to five skaters. And my thought is if this is a COVID related thing, someone on the team gets COVID and especially if they're around all the other players, wouldn't you have to quarantine a few of those players anyways? So I mean, I would assume quite a few. And then what good is another three or five guys going to do? And if they've been around those guys anyways, then, get practices then there's a possibility they had to be quarantined too so i, I don't get it <laughs> I, just don't, I understand why logistics i guess i don't know um being able to like if you need to call up a guy you, you, you want to make sure they're at least close or around the team you know it's a little bit harder doing the traveling during this time but um if it's a covid because some someone on the team's got it i would just assume a whole bunch of people would have to quarantine for a while because of it yeah and and you have to remember too you also have to clear waivers to come in and out of that that uh taxi squad it's essentially you know limbo ahl it acts like that you still have to call guys up from waivers they still have to get sent down through waivers if they're eligible to go onto this taxi squad so it's not like it it's going to be a way for teams to circumvent the cap because they put those in place like what a lot of people thought it was going to be in the beginning is you know, the Ducks could just take, uh, you know, I, I don't think David Backus is a good example here, but a team could take a guy with a big salary, bury him essentially on the taxi squad because the cap will count as an AHL cap hit, 
and just leave him on there to kind of circumvent the cap and, and, and call some different guys up. But you can't do that because of, uh, you know, waivers and, and the different uh, cap rules that apply with the taxi squad. So it is essentially like the AHL, but these guys can't play there and they have to practice. Like, that's how they're operating this. So yeah. weird. It's like a it's like a ghost AHL team. It's 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 there. They're AHL in every aspect, but you're not really going to play. You might play in the NHL, but only if like a whole bunch of things go wrong. But yeah, it totally bones those guys on two way deals, right? And it and and guys, it robs all those guys of playing time essentially, unless they're regulars, because they're only going to get paid the AHL salary no matter what. Even if they're playing with a big club, yeah. it doesn't matter. Yeah, two way guys are going to go into that taxi squad. Guys who don't have to clear waivers. And guys who you can pay an AHL salary—that's who's gonna make make it onto most taxi squads. Yeah. You know, not every team has you know four to six of those guys, but most of them are gonna be that. And you know, I'll read through the the rules quickly if anybody hasn't seen them. Uh, Cat Friendly put out a kind of graphic, uh, you know, earlier a couple weeks ago that kind of explains the details in depth of this taxi squad. So you can have a minimum of four to a maximum of six players. Like we said, waivers are required. For any players who would require waivers originally to be loaned to the minors, uh, recalls for NHL games must occur before 5 p.m. Eastern. It excludes goalies if there's less than two goalies available to play for that team. One goalie is required on the taxi squad for teams with less than three goalies on the active roster. Uh, the last day of training camp is the first day players can be loaned to the, the taxi squad. It dissolves when the season ends. And taxi squad members can practice with the NHL team, join team activities, and travel with the team, although it's not required. But they can't practice or join activities other than those with the NHL team. So like we said, they can't play or practice with the AHL team. It has to be strictly in the bubble that they're forming for the NHL team. And then the, the cap hit was the big one, is the effect on the team's cap hit while on the taxi squad is equivalent to if the player were playing in the minors and puts in, in brackets here a buried cap hit. So, yeah, it, like we said, it, it does kind of activate as a, a makeshift AHL limbo space for these players. It makes oh. it rough, honestly. Because <laughs> if you have a bad stint, and like a lot of times what happens is there are guys that get called up and because they're killing it in the AHL, or guys that are on two-way deals that are playing in the NHL and aren't really on fire, they send them back down to the A to to you know get get some fire on them, put some points on them. They can't do that this year; they're screwed. Can't do it. So, it's a minor thing, I think. I don't think it's going to be super major. The this, this season's only fifty-six games. We all know that there's like a ninety-nine percent chance, a ninety-eight percent chance our boys aren't going to the playoffs. So this is a this is a good season to see uh, where a lot of our young guys stand. Because we're gonna have to pull up only a few of them, and see when they rotate in and out. We don't have like this huge plethora of players to choose from on a nightly basis. We only have a small handful. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see how they kind of handle this kind of unique season here. Um, before we move into the last training camp stuff, let's head into our last break of the show. The NBA is back in action, and football is heading into the playoffs. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo BlueWire at betonline.ag. That's Blue Wire, all one word. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. 
Um, last couple things to note here from the training camp roster. A couple new numbers this season. Sonny Milano moved to 12 to give Kevin Shattenkirk number 22. Um, Sam Steele reverted back to his number from junior, his number 23. Uh, Trevor Zegras is listed as a number 46. So I think originally he was like 54, but the Ducks always like to give those young players high numbers. So he has 46 going into training camp. Uh, Benoit so Levegru has number 50. Tra- Braden Tracy has number 56. Jacob Perot has number 64. Uh, like we said, Shattenkirk has 22, and Jamie Drysdale, 34, and lastly, Cody Curran with 44. And, oh, Lucas Dostal's number one. So, I don't remember the last time the Ducks had a number one. Was it Hillary? Yeah, probably was Hillary. Yeah, there you go. There you go. So you didn't even think, he just knew. That's why, that's why I know, we got I know here. goalies. <laughs> that's what, yeah. Oh, and <laughs> while we were chatting, Jamie Drysdale picked up a point tonight. Prior to that, I think it was Ron Tugnan. <laughs> oh, Jamie Drysdale yeah, got a point Qu- tonight? Quinton Byfield oh. has five, so he matched uh, matched Zegers. Uh, that rivalry, the Kings and Ducks rivalry in the future with uh, Zegers versus Byfield, <laughs> that's going to be something. As else. long as it's not a physical matchup, it'll be fun yeah, to watch. exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. we'll see. But Byfield has, uh, I think, two goals and three assists, so the exact same night as... Uh, as Zegers did, Canada's beating Switzerland nine nothing tonight. So not a. Uh, I was going to say Switzerland was winning six five, but. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Well, let's get to the goalie part because we just kind of finished off with a little bit of goalie stuff there. Ducks re-signed Ryan Miller, which we felt like was eventually coming. The Ducks needed a backup goalie to just be eligible to play this year. You need three goalies on the roster. They had already John Gibson and Anthony Stolar, so Miller comes back for probably his last year, one year at $1 million. I think he's three wins away from Dominic Hasek, so you know he definitely, as a personal thing, wants to get back and, and try and get that. So now the Ducks have their backup situation sorted with Gibson, Miller, and Stolars in the NHL per the three-goalie rule. How do you guys feel going into the season with, with those three? Uh, as, as good as I did uh, going into last year. I mean, Gibby... Gibby should be uh, his elite self. Um, we'll just see if the rest of the team can kind of help him out again. Um, you know, last season he, he wasn't he wasn't as lights out, but uh, you know, the team was worse last year than it was the year before that. So um, Miller is a guy you're always going to be able to rely on. The condensed season and so many back to backs, short order, kind of makes sense to have. Him him in there because even when he came in last year and did that he was always good no matter what anyways he rarely had a bad game so he at least gives him a chance to win and i think he's also 13 wins away from 400 i don't think he'll get that unless he goes lights out on all his we're starts. a playoff team him. if ryan miller wins 13 games so we're well, going undefeated. Just saying, like <laughs> like if he gets hot they just kind of keep riding him and he puts in you know two shout outs here and then you know they keep him going for three or four games and see what happens but um, so that's good. And Stallerts is, uh, you know, he's he's pretty close to being that backup guy. So it'd be, I guess, good since he'll be that on that taxi team that you know he'll get to practice with the team a little bit more, learn from those guys, and make kind of an easier transition next year. Did you guys see his tweet about coming back? Uh, I did. I didn't read it. What did he end up? He saying? said, uh, "Tried out <laughs> retirement for nine months. Thanks, COVID. Decide I wasn't feeling it. Happy to be back." Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we all knew he was coming back at some point. Where do you guys think his save percentage fills in at? He had a he had a nine two eight his first year in Anaheim in 2017-2018. He played twenty eight games, played twenty games in 2018-2019 with a nine one two. 
And then last season, we all know how awesome that was. He played 23 games and had a 907. Uh, do we see a 920 Miller or do we see more like a 915 Miller? Yeah, I think a 915 Miller would be a good year from him with the way yeah. the Somewhere between the, the 91, 91 and a half save percentage. I feel that's kind of in his wheelhouse. It, it'll depend how how the Ducks jump out again. You know, they're usually notorious for slow starts. And if that's the case, then they can kind of get buried pretty early and uh, things get a little bit uh, depressing. <laughs> and when teams are depressed, they don't exactly hustle as much as they should. They don't really make coverage as much. They just kind of kind of go through the motion. So, but, uh, you know, he's an elite goalie. I give him credit for getting as, as good of a save percentage last year as he did. So, Is that one of your favorite stats to tell other people, Jay, about goaltenders? It's one of mine. When I'm thinking about save percentage, everyone's like, what do you mean? The guy who saves 91% is not good, and the guy who saves 92% is really good. And then the guy who saves 92 and a half is, like, insanely elite. Yeah, yeah. Like, yes, he's that top goalie. <laughs> it's funny because we don't yeah. do that with shooting percentage or anything like that. Like the guy no. who shoots seventeen or fifteen percent, is he really good? The guy who shoots nine percent is. Uh, <laughs> we're arguing over like <laughs> half a percent here for goaltenders, basically. Like yeah, goalies don't shoot that well. So yeah, ninety-one-five <laughs> is an average goaltender now, and if you're at ninety-two, you're you're one of the best goalies in the league. And they're like Patsy, if you're at ninety-two-five, then you're probably the top goaltender in the league that season. Not much of yeah, a margin for error. Nine three at any time—that's insanity. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Like insanity. Lucas Dostal did in Finland, and he'll be over Ooh. for San Diego this season, playing with the Roman Derny and Ole Eriksenak. I'm not sure how that's going to work how out. How fast does he get called up to the team? You think? I, no. Do you think he gets anything? No, I, I think, I think because they got the three goalies already there, well established. Um, with Dostal, even though he's done really well, he's done in the Finnish league. And smaller rinks around here. So he's first they want to just see if he can adapt to that first. And if he can and he's able to to do well in there, then you know, sky's the limit following seasons. But I don't think they're gonna really rush that goalie just because he's had a really great season in a finish, you know, the, the finish league. Uh, not to take anything away from him, but it's always kind of the concern. It's like, okay, you did good here, but this is going to be kind of a different game altogether. Let's see how you react to that. This was probably the perfect scenario for the Ducks in terms of their goaltenders with the NHL saying you have to have three on your NHL roster because if Miller came back and you could have two and Stolarz was able to go down to the AHL, he probably would have been starting over Lucas Dostal. Now, with Stolarz having to be a part of the NHL roster and not allowed to go down to the AHL, Lucas Dostal likely starts there. I don't see how Ole Eriksson, Eck, or Roman Derny have a leg up. Both have played ECHL or overseas. Now, none of them really have that much AHL experience, and when you look at how well Dostal's done in Finland, I think he's the front runner to be the starter there. Um, you know, he, Even if he does well, barring injury, there's no benefit to have him being the third goaltender in Anaheim. I don't think you bounce him in front of Miller you wouldn't have brought Miller back for that and no way he jumps in front of Gibson this year so this is a perfect f- scenario for him to get accustomed to playing in North America where you can comfortably say yep he's got a full season in San Diego there's no chance of you coming up this year focus on your hockey in San Diego next year's a whole new question with Miller gone and you know Stoller is not really cementing a backup job Dostal if he does well in San Diego could walk right into the Ducks backup job next year and there's no concerns this year of, of limiting his development by, you know, calling him too too early or not calling him up with the way the rules are set. 
That's a good point. He only has to focus on being a top AHL goalie. That's all he's got to worry about. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm. He's one. I think other than Zegras, he's probably the one I'm most excited to see how he does this year. Um, yeah. You know the way he kind of transfers over from the European game to the AHL level. I, I think he should have no problems. I think the way he plays it, it should be fairly easy for him to come over and play well. And he's done well on, on smaller rinks in the past as well. So. You know, I think outside of Zegris, whether he plays with the Ducks or with the AHL, like Dostal is the is the guy I'm looking forward to seeing because, like we said already, like Eddie, he could be the guy next year. Have you been to AHL games? I actually, I don't think I. I think if I've been to one, it would have been back when the Bulldogs and Hamilton were Montreal's uh, farm team. I think I might have. You ever get a chance? Go. It's the, especially a rival game. Yeah. Awesome. And they're nasty as, as the hell. Only, the only ones I have awesome. close to me here is, is the Marlies. And if I'm driving to Toronto to begin with, I don't think I'm paying you know 20 bucks to see the Marlies play. <laughs> maybe if San Diego to... comes to town sometime when COVID's done, maybe I'll I'll take a trip down there to see San Diego play. The goals run a couple of years ago. I went to a game with Jimmy, and it was fight after fight. And then it was fans throwing stuff at the opposing team on the ice, food, sodas. I remember my kid got hit by soda. Dude, it was just – people were throwing food. It was out of control. Out of control. I I could be wrong, but it might have been the Barracuda. I think it was the Barracuda, San Jose's AHL team. It was nasty, man. But it was fun. Those games are insane. Never – completely different atmosphere than an NHL game. Like, you think you see drunk people at an NHL game? Go to San Diego when they say it's college night. It's like <laughs> like three dollar or four dollar beers or whatever it is, and it, it's it's awesome, man. Go to an AHL game; it's yeah, worth it's it. Like, it's like slap shot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. Throwing shit. They don't give a shit at all about each other's well being either. They'll fight anybody. They'll hit anybody. They'll be dirty. It's I don't know how players make it from there to the NHL. Yeah, it's a it's <laughs> a completely different. It's a tough league to play in to do well in that league i mean you've got a lot of guys who are career ahlers who are you know the guys who can't cut it in the nhl anymore they're big physical guys who like to fight and or you've got you know some guys who are just trying to make their way uh you know a little bit later development in terms of skill level and they're trying to make their way to the nhl it's a tough league to kind of grind your way out of unless you're a top prospect and you're kind of just playing down there because of roster limitations it's insane, man. A lot of times you see the top AHL score doesn't crack an NHL lineup, yeah. which is insane. Yeah, he'll, it's crazy. He'll come so. to the NHL and, and look like a you know less than a fourth liner. Just won't even be able to cut it. But he's dominating Nick the level Rich. below. It's <laughs> weird. <laughs> Quentin Byfield. Are we going to cap the show point. with your boy? Is that what you held on to this? I did. The news that came out today. I did. Yeah. I knew it. Yeah. He's a Canadian boy. Of course, after Zegers puts up a five point night, the Kings and their Kings fans have to come out and say Quinn Quinn Byfield put up six. So yes. that's how it is. But yes, I did save the Perry news for the end of the show. Um, oh, how convenient! Corey Perry signed a one year contract with the Montreal Canadiens a couple of days ago. He's going to make seven hundred fifty thousand from Montreal and about six point six million okay. from the Ducks this year. So mm-hmm. I was going to say he's making over seven mil this year. Yeah, playing in the in the Canadian <laughs> division. Nice. In all honesty. I, I think Perry finishes his career in Canada. Um, he's moved back to London. He doesn't live out in California anymore. Um, 
it makes sense for him during COVID to kind of want to stay close to home. I think Toronto might have probably been his number one destination, being that close to home. But other than that, you know, Ottawa and Montreal are your next two options. And He said today that the Habs were his favorite team favorite growing, team growing up. up. Yeah. I, I mean, I... I don't know if that's true or not, but it, <laughs> I would. I don't see what so whatever, whatever team wanted. takes you. <laughs> yeah, whatever team takes you right now. This is my favorite team growing up. So, I mean, they did. They've done a number, right? They got Josh Anderson, Jake Allen, Joel Edmondson, Tyler Toffoli, Michael Furleek, and Corey Perry were all brought in this year, and they yeah. extended Jeff Petrie and Brendan Gallagher. And not bad Stone. work by Bergevin. I'm, are you are you not. being sarcastic? <laughs> <laughs> I really hope you're being sarcastic because they gave up Max Domi to bring in Josh Anderson and then paid Josh Anderson $5.5 million. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be an awesome team. No. Good thing they have that, you know, the middling Stop. goaltender, Carey Price, Stop. everything is the greatest thing. <laughs> Toy Perry will wear number 94, by the way, because number 10 was retired. Uh, number, I think it was Felix who put out... Um, all the different numbers that he he's worn in the past and Montreal, like five of them couldn't be worn because they're either retired or worn by a current Montreal Canadiens player. So he goes back to 94, which he wore in London. That was the last time he wore that number. I don't know if he wore it at all with the ducks. I feel like he did at one point, like his first couple games, he wore 94. Maybe I'm wrong, but Uh, yeah, no, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think they let, I don't, I don't think any ducks player has gone up that high. Yeah. No, wait, oh, Fedorov. Sure, they have. Fedorov. Yeah, Fedorov. Ninety-one. Yeah. Yeah. But like, like they usually do higher numbers, but I don't think they go all the way in the nineties for the the rookies. And then didn't he like settle on like? I, don't, I can't remember. I know his number was high, and so it was Getzloss and I think Penners when they first Getzloff came in. But I thought they were all like, sixty-one. He was sixty-one. Right? Yeah, Perry was sixty-one. Uh, That's what it was. Yeah. But apparently that was taken too. So he goes to ninety-four. But uh, how do you think Perry, Perry does? You know, to be fair, he didn't have a great season in Dallas, but he had a pretty good playoffs. With with the can you guys name the only other two players in Montreal history of war number ninety-four? Probably not. No. Are they recent or are they old old numbers? Um, they're no. pretty recent. No, they're pretty recent. Uh, like as in the as, as in like the two thousands. Did Kovalev wear ninety-four? Yeah, no, uh, no, he was 81 or something. I don't know. Who's I'll that? give you the one you're not going to get, which is Tom Pyatt. Dude, that's the one I was going to say. <laughs> and then the other one, I mean, if you're a Habs fan, I guess you would know. Eddie's a giant Canadian fan, so he should know. He loves Canadians. Yannick Perot, or number 94. Neat. Oh, I, I'm on mute. Jack and Perot's dad. Did, uh, did did Galchenyuk wear ninety four in Montreal? I don't think I so. Uh, Maybe who knows? Yeah. Poor, so, poor, uh, over under Corey Perry gets twenty points in a shortened season. Uh, oh, under that's 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 fifty six oh, games. Under that's an under. Under I'm going over. Well, what do you have? What do you have over at Dallas? Did he have like twenty four in, in eighty two so? games? Right. No, they didn't play eighty two games last season. Yeah, but now he's going to be rejuvenated, healthy. He's going to feel like it's 2008 again. Huh? Like the Dallas. You're looking at the Dallas quote from last year. It's <laughs> good to go. Now i got to find out before we end the show here. Corey Perry with the Dallas Stars. That ain't like 21 or 24 you got to scroll through. 21 in 57. Okay, so you know what? 
So about the same, but I would say he's under. He also, I'm going over. I say he gets 25. Nine in 27 in the playoffs, so that would put him at 18 and 54. So he's going to be close. He's going to be close. I games. think he's between 15 and 25. It depends on the role he gets in Montreal. That's the thing. I'll say he gets 20, 22 points. I don't think his I don't think his body's going to hold up on a condensed yeah. schedule. He's got a he's got nine months. He just rejuvenated. Yeah, he's going to come in and play like eight yeah. back to backs and a bunch of two game sets. Oh wait, no, he's got less he than that. Nine nine months. Months. Yeah, he's he's Dumb. gonna. I think he's gonna finish with seventeen. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So under. So Eddie, if you're wrong, do we wash out the plane ticket? I'm never gonna buy you because of COVID. Yeah. No. No. What you have sure. to do is uh, you have to take uh, for every point you're off, you have to take a shot. A white. Uh, oh, 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 be quick. <laughs> You almost said Ray Whitney, didn't you? No, no, I almost said I almost said White Whitney, and I was oh, thinking Ryan. I White don't want a White Whitney. Jeez. <laughs> and that's the show. Um, but we'll come back on Thursday night or Thursday afternoon, right? We're doing an early show. Yeah. Before Trevor Zegers tears Team Sweden apart. Three thirty or four o'clock again. We're on the same time. We're doing this one today. We did it today. Started at four thirty. Maybe around the same time. Um, but that'll be a Patreon-only show. That'll be our Pucks and Brews where we drink, but Jason and I drink all the time. Um, Eddie doesn't because he's Canadian, and Canadians don't drink. The only thing they do drink is maple syrup. That's it. Yep, so maple syrup. And the reason why I did the show early today... Not the Stanley Cup, oddly enough. Yeah, it's been a long time since Canada's had the Cup. It's been a quarter of a century since that one. It's the only... You know why? It's because they never win silver. They only win gold. They're allergic to it, I guess. They're allergic to it's, it. It's exactly bronze or nothing. <laughs> we'll come back after the World Junior Championship is done, and we'll see. Oh, I hope it's Canada, USA. I hope Zagris scores a million goals and you guys lose. I hope it's the best. He scores a bunch of Michigans, not lacrosse goals. They're clearly yeah, the two best teams in the tournament. So if they meet at all, I hope it's in the finals and not in like a set or something. That's yeah. like well, like what the NHL does gives you the best game in the middle, <laughs> right in the middle, or yeah, no one cares. Seriously, um, yeah, they're both blowing everybody out right now. I think Canada's up ten nothing right now. The U.S. Is, yeah, Canada won ten nothing. U.S. won seven. The, the last game for U.S. Yeah, but Switzerland, Czech Republic. Yeah, that that was an impressive win, <laughs> but I think the Czechs used all their gas yesterday in a two nothing win over. Russia or the other day, so please find the first period. They, they played their very boring hockey that worked yeah. for Russia. <laughs> we'll see. All right, everyone, that's it for us tonight. For you, Patreon peeps, we'll see you guys on Thursday for New Year's Eve special. We'll watch Eddie get drunk off of something either Bacardi Raz or Pink Whitney or Michelob Ultra or whatever he's going to have, but we'll be doing Medellos. something. <laughs> Medellos. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually proud of you for for saying that because that's the last thing I thought you were going to say. Yeah. Now I have to come with Medellos. <laughs> All right, everyone. Our boy's growing up. No, now you have to do Pink Whitney. I can't yeah. guarantee it will be in stock, but I will try. Get, get, okay. on, get, off, the, get off the computer and go. And I, I know we said buy like three times. But you have Bacardi. Go to the store and get Country Time Lemonade Powder. Mix it in a glass with your vodka. And then no, you have pink you gotta snort yeah, it. I guess, and I have pink oh, yeah. okay. That's a quick pick me up in case you get tired. <laughs> Great. <laughs> All right, everyone, we're signing See off. See you guys. <laughs>